0: This is Southern Tier Close Up on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. I'm Kathy White and this is the Southern Tier Close Up, a weekly public affairs presentation of this station. Joining me today is the what are you, interim director of the Discovery Center, still so Cheryl? Yep, that's correct. Okay, I have to check these things. I don't know why you're interim. You've been interim in the minimum for a while now, haven't you? Uh yeah since uh,
1: since last uh October. But um, you know, steering the ship, um, keeping keeping the ship afloat and, and I have a great team with me, so we're just uh keep on chugging
0: forward. It's kind of funny that you make the ship reference because when uh, COVID first hit the fan, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, we're all in the same boat. And somebody most wisely said, no, we're in the same storm, but some of us have better ships.
1: (laughs) This is true. This is true. Uh, And uh, luckily, we kind of have a two-pronged approach. So um, that's what really uh, helped us through. Until so we got our PPP. So um, we, we are state certified protection for, and licensed for child care through the Office of Children and Family Services. So we were able to provide care for essential workers.
0: Well, that's the thing. Everybody had to really kind of rethink, reimagine. And um, Mm -hmm. for people that didn't know what PPP stands for, it's the the payroll protection thingy. Um, When a lot of people, that was a thing was... When people were all staying at home, of course, the challenges of everybody being home and with the the parents working from home and children learning from home and then all that. I remember with the conversations with the county executive about a month into the pandemic, them saying, well, when things start to open up. Who's going to be taking care of the kids because the schools aren't open, and you've got parents that are they can't really make a choice between working and and taking care of watching the children because they've got to work to feed the family, but there's got to be someone there to watch Junior, especially if Junior's a six year old.
1: Yep, yep. So, um, I mean, I think you know when the school shut down, it it was a shock to to everybody and. We unfortunately had to lay the majority of our staff off because we just, we went from, I believe, five birthday parties on that Saturday to none on Sunday and no visitors on Monday. And so we, you know, we had to do what we had to do, but, um, UHS quickly approached us and said, hey we we need care for our, our workers right so we we scrambled and we put together protocols of you know cleaning and disinfecting and the, you know the whole thing and um we were open for a while um till actually the need wasn't as great because the hospitalizations weren't necessarily there um so then we closed for a while, and then when phase one, you know, kicked in, uh, we, we opened child care, you know, all the way. Um, but the museum side, it wasn't until the end of July um, that we opened. And when we opened, we're at 25% capacity, um, so that means 80 visitors. And...
0: How many do
1: you normally so, get? Well, during the week, um, you know, that's that's probably what we would get, but on the weekends we could have anywhere from three hundred to three hundred and fifty people. Wow, we would have birthday parties, you know, and so to go from that to eighty, which is where we are, <laughs> um, you know, we we definitely took a hit, um, and then. It, it did force us to be creative, so we were like, people still wanted to gather with the people that they were comfortable with, but, you know, you, you we were still at limited capacity, so what we do for birthday parties is we open the museum, you, you rent the whole thing, and it's private. Wow. So, you just... You know, you can invite who you want to invite. If you want to invite 10 people, that's fine. You can invite more if you want, um, whatever you're comfortable with and whoever you're comfortable with. But And then the other flip side was uh, we have to follow the regulations from OCFS with cleaning protocols, but we also have to follow the health department and the C D C recommendations. And so um so many different um things to consider uh to reopen the museum. So
0: And with with the cleaning it, protocol you just mentioned that you had to let a lot of staff go. I know that even though we have cleaning staff and stuff here, but I know just with our staff that step in to, you know, do what our rules are of, you know, after you use the copy machine, you're supposed to wipe it down and all this other bunch of stuff. That takes time and that takes persons. And you've got a lot of stuff to wipe down, especially when you're talking kids using things in Mm -hmm. in the museum. How do you do that when you've got such a bare-bones staff?
1: Well, we're all trained, number one. Um, So uh, the classrooms, you know, have to do... They have to use a a bleach solution. We did get um, UVA wands to be cleaning. Uh, You can't spray disinfectants in the classroom, so you have to use something else. Mm. Um, So we have a multi-layer system. And then in the museum side, we, of course, um, depend on everybody following our rules. So if a child touches a toy just touches a toy. It goes in a bin and we have staff just constantly walking around and wow. taking those toys and disinfecting them before they go back. Plus uh all of our exhibit touchables are are reduced in number. So we went from one hundred percent playthings down to twenty five percent and we have um Everything's staged. So, you know, too many of these, this certain toy was used, like, say, building blocks. We just take them all out and bring a whole brand new set in that's been disinfected. Wow. So it's constant. It's constant. (laughs) What logistics. But but, since we've been open um, from phase one and we had... You know, hundreds of kids there over the summer because we had summer camps. Um, All through up to now, we have not had a single uh, case on the museum side at all. Wow. So whatever we're doing, the staff is doing a great job. Of course, we have the plexi. We have the, the air circulation thing, the six feet, the masks, you know. All those things. And and the public has been great.
0: So. Now, I've talked to a lot of not for profits uh, in case people don't realize the Discovery Center, you were talking about loss of birthday parties and things like that. I don't want people to even get the notion in their heads that you guys are a business. Um, but you, you've got a lot, you have to have revenue that's coming in to be able to operate these museums and everything else that don't operate on air. You have to be buoyed a little bit by the governor recently saying when he was doing his state of the state addresses that one of the big things was arts and entertainment that he was really proposing helping that division of our economy and, and, and recognizing the importance of arts education and entertainment um, in in the overall economy. You've got to be a little bit encouraged by the fact that the governor is recognizing the importance of something like museums.
1: Yep. Um, we just got notification uh, this week that uh, NISCA, which is uh, New York state council of the arts, their funding has been restored. Um, and so we're able to apply, you know, for grants uh, through them, which we were not able to, Um you know, hopefully the new administration, um, well, we, we are um, uh, capable of uh, applying for the new PPP, which we'll be doing. Um, but hopefully, you know, the, the state and local municipalities will be able to get their funding so that, you know, when it trickles down, we actually get ours. <laughs> so... But yeah, it's it's been a constant, uh, you know, keeping our expenses down. Um, we we did bring you know lots of staff back, but we are definitely not where we were, mm-hmm. you know, pre-pandemic. Um, so it's just a real careful balancing act at this point, and we depend on the community for their support.
0: Sure. Sure, absolutely. Well, this time of year, I think for a lot of nonprofits, is kind of stressful to begin with. And I know there's different grant cycles at different times of year. Uh, I just remember one time when I was on a board for a, a nonprofit that I would just marvel with the the people that were charged with the grant writing trying to figure out in advance it's almost like juggling crystal balls to try to figure out what you think you're going to be eligible for how much you think you might be able to be getting but this has gotten a whole new degree of uncertainty thrown into the mix with a change in the political scene in Washington, as well as everybody's budgets got thrown out last February, funding got just yanked out from under you, and just now trying to not only operate, but in some cases play catch-up. This, this must be impossible to be writing grants right now.
1: Well, that's where I'm at. <laughs> so, <laughs> writing grants and, and applying for the PPP and... Um, the, the discovery center, you know, it's also weather dependent. So, you know, it's cold outside, people are not outside, so they're looking for something to do. Mm. So generally speaking, you know, wherever we are at, at, you know, our capacity, because that hasn't changed, it's 25%. Um, but people tend to to come, you know, when we are open. Um, We've, you know, done some virtual things, but we still try to provide the same kind of educational and enriching experience. Um, So that's kind of good, but the whole spring is, you know, school field trips and, that that is like not not in, in the picture at all right. so um, you know we're or, or creative. Um, we're doing um, you know a fundraiser next weekend. Um, it's love your local restaurants um, and it, it, we uh, so appreciate all of the people in the community and the businesses that have supported us. Um, this is this is more for them than it is for us. It's our way of, you know, saying thank you because, you know, we, we ask restaurants to give us, you know, gift cards or, or come to our Wine and Roses, and if they're not there, then we can't do that. So hopefully, you know, this will give them all a little boost that they need, too.
0: Well, it's, it's kind of... Once again, just a hoping for the best and, and pivoting and being creative. And I think it sounds like you guys have been doing a good job of that with people that are feeling comfortable enough to venture out and to take their families to uh, – uh, A facility like a a children's museum, once again, there's some people that are just afraid to go into an indoor facility, but obviously I think it helps put them to rest hearing you talking about the steps that you guys have made to make things safe for the Discovery Center. Do people need to make an appointment since you're at such limited capacity to be able to visit the museum now, and when are you guys open?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, They have to go to our website and they could make a reservation there whether they're a member or not. Um, And it's also, um, you know, a way for us to keep a contact list, uh, which luckily we haven't had to use, but (laughs) it's there, it's necessary. Um, And uh, we're open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And the the Monday day... um, we have special activities for toddlers. So we're doing um, a series um, just for for age-appropriate activities that parents can, you know, they don't want to do it there. Um, it's a take-home, and they can do it with their oh. toddler at home, or they could do it there. And it's basic things like, you know, learning your colors, learning your numbers, sorting, those kind of things. But... Being able to do it in a in a fun and engaging way, so and we're open eleven to two. It's only a three hour shift uh, on Fridays and Mondays. Uh, Saturdays, uh, ten to one, and then two to five. And we reserve a time for parties in the same shift on on Sundays. So when the museum is open, or you can schedule a party.
0: How do people find the website, real quick, because we're out of time?
1: www.thediscoverycenter.org.
0: All right. Well, Cheryl, thank you for being my guest. And uh, things are getting better.
1: Yes, they are. <laughs> um, we're, we're looking forward to the vaccine and getting back to our family fun
0: event, so absolutely well thank you for being my guest this has been the southern tier close up a weekly public affairs presentation of this station this program was recorded for broadcast at this time i'm kathy white for the southern tier close up all new nissan rogue you gotta ask